Welcome to your go-to Detroit Pistons podcast, The Pistons Pulse, co-hosted by me, Bryce Simon of Motor City Hoops, a former D1 hooper and current teacher, husband, and father of three amazing kids. And I'm Amari Sankofa II, Pistons beat writer for the Detroit Free Press. Oh, Amari, that mic sounds good, my guy. I think the yeah. listeners, we better get a bunch of reviews for all <laughs> the ones we've got about how bad your mic sounded, because that sounds sweet. And I want to give a real quick shout out, Amari, to our guy, Robin Chan, who is our audio producer and you guys have no idea how much work this man puts in and of course we're joined by our guy Wes and we're blessed to always be joined by him as well and he is going to take over here in just a little bit and he's going to host today's episode when we get into all of that we're going to have a lot of fun today and yes if you are watching live on YouTube right now or on YouTube in general you get to see his beautiful face today but speaking of ratings and reviews Amari we got a few more I want to get to these people have been hanging on for a while. This first one, finally, the Pistons pod I've been looking for, 27 years old, from, I can't say this correctly, T-A-W-A-S City, Tawas. Can you help out? Amari or West, Tawas City, Michigan? No, no, no help from the people that live in Michigan. That's not my, that's not my neck of the woods. Okay, all right. <laughs> I don't so, know that one. And I didn't grow up here. Okay, yeah. so I guess uh, hopefully I'm right. I've listened to some different Pistons pods in the past, never found one that I liked or felt I could trust the insight that was offered. I started listening to your pod a few months back, and I finally found one that I not only can trust, but one that I can't wait to listen to every week. Bryce, Amari, and Wes, thank you guys for all you do. The summer months can be tough for basketball fans, but following along with you guys leading up to the draft, and now your coverage of Summer League has made the offseason a little easier to tolerate. Needless to say, I will be a regular listener from now on. I wish you guys all the best and go Pistons. So a uh, very long one there, but we always like to give these shout outs. Really nice one there from somewhere in Michigan that apparently nobody can pronounce. Yeah, I'm going to have to look up uh, Tawa City on the map. You know, I'm, I wonder if that's the Upper Peninsula. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to look it up. But we appreciate the support. Appreciate the comment. Uh, you know, you kind of got into it. It sounds like around Summer League. So now we're in the dead part of the offseason. Uh, so stick around a couple months. It's going to be a little slow, but we'll be right back soon after we have some fun today. YouTube user Amari sounding like... Mar I'm telling you, man, he's got that sweet voice go. and now he's got the Amari mic. Amari sounded like Marvin Gaye. I love it. There we go. There we go. All right. This one is from John M. 71, who's not 71 because he tells us his age in the review, but I appreciate him, Amari. This is the one where he had accidentally hit a two-star review and then he must have figured out how to delete it or something and turn it into a five-star. So... The best Pistons podcast out there. 52-year-old Pistons fan living in Denver. Close to me. Shout out. I hate these new fangled iPhone thingies, but I figured out how to access the Pistons Pulse, and it's great. I've seen the Pistons play at C-O-B-O. Kobo. So what Kobo is that? Ha. Kobo Hall is where the Pistons played before they went to the Palace back in the 70s. So Kobo Hall, uh, it's not called Kobo anymore, but it's like the convention center okay. downtown. I used to play there. And the Palace, and can't wait to see the new bad boys at the LCA. Bryce gives a great fan perspective, but keeps it real. And Amari, now that he got the audio fix, so now John's going to love it even more because we have <laughs> gone through a progression here. Has a lot to offer. Keep up the good work and go Pistons. And then the final one this week, Keyshawn K. Smoove, by far the best Pistons podcast, 100. 
Although the show means more towards the optimistic side, which we'll, we'll wear that, you guys do a good job of having realistic goals and fair analysis. The high knowledge of the game is frequently displayed throughout breakdowns and detailed projections for the players and the team as a whole. The chemistry is high. And as a Pistons fan for 20 years now, it feels good to have something so well put together and that's exclusively for my team. Keep up the good work. Would love to catch you at a Piston game with you guys this season, 100, 100, 100. So again, love you guys. I know this takes up a little bit of the beginning of the episode, but we feel like it's worth it because we appreciate what you guys do. Omari, we are so close to 200 ratings and reviews on Apple. And so hopefully we'll get that over the next month or so. And so we really appreciate it. Omari, I know you appreciate it as well. No, definitely. I mean, we appreciate the support from day one. Uh, Still been, I won't say surprising, but just encouraging, I would say, to see the growth we've had over the last year and a half. And uh, a lot of good stuff coming up, so stick with us and we'll make it worth your while. And so we have one here. Crack the Nut says, finally got to catch a live Best Pistons pod. We appreciate it. We really enjoy this. And as you guys can see, I think somebody was sh- Doug McMiniman, always a big time listener. He's- Wes is here with us. I am going to bring Wes on now because he's going to kind of host the show today, run us through this stuff. So I'm not even going to tell you guys what we're doing here at the beginning or throughout the episode. I'm just telling you, we're going to have some fun. Most of it will lean Pistons. Some of it won't. Some of it will be Detroit. Some of it may be Kansas, since that's where I'm at. But we're going to have some fun today, and Wes is going to kind of navigate us through all of that. Yeah, I'm going to do my best. We'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, we, we thought we'd have a little bit more fun uh, with this one. So for just the whole first segment here, we're going to be making a three-on-three team. And it's kind of leaning into favorite past Pistons, even a little bit favorite current Pistons. But So we're going to create three-on-threes with splitting up eras. So I wanted to make sure no one could get Grant Hill because that just feels like a cheat code in a three-on-three basketball game. So Mari's going to be picking from everyone since the go-and-work team and after that. And Bryce's pool of players is the bad boys or earlier, right? So no Grant Hill. Like I said, no Grant Hill. We're going to pick a three-on-three roster. Bryce is going to have the first pick. We're going to do five total players. And then obviously want you guys to say who you're going to pick at each spot give the reasoning behind it, what kind of the vision is for their role. And then at the end, we, we got to debate who's going to win. So it, it should be interesting. We're going to snake the draft too. I forgot to say that. So Bryce, you're first, then Omari, and then obviously Omari, Bryce, Bryce Omari. keep going down the line like that. So Bryce, you're up. Pick number one. Who are you going with? Yeah. So if you guys are watching with us live right now, make sure you give us your comments on who we didn't pick that we should have and all of those things. I'm going to go with Isaiah Thomas, six foot, 180 pound guard, first all time in Pistons free throw attempts, 10th all time in offensive rebounding, which I think rebounding is important in three on three. That'll come into play as we go throughout this first all time in steals. Another thing I think is important. First all time in points. Offensive win shares, he's sixth, third all-time in defensive win. Sh- I did my research, guys. First all-time in value above replacement. You guys know how good Isaiah Thomas is. His best season, 21 points, almost 14 assists. Got to the free throw line six times a game, which means he can attack the paint, which I think, for some reason, when I envision a three-on-three game, I take the game outside. I don't know if you did that, Omari, but I envision this game happening outside and you know at the park somewhere. Maybe somebody can give us a Detroit local park that would be a good place to play. But I'm going Isaiah Thomas. I got my five, but I'm really interested. Wes and I talked about this earlier today. My five may change depending on how Amari makes his selections, make sure I can match up. But, you know, Isaiah Thomas is a no-brainer, Amari. 
Yeah, I mean, Isaiah does not need an introduction at all for Pistons fans. So uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Ben Wallace with my first pick. Just go ahead, set the defensive tone, uh, defend one through five. His spirit and energy, the whole nine. I'm just gonna go with Ben Wallace. That's the. There's a few people I had in mind for that first pick, but I'm just gonna go with Ben. Yes, I mean, I think Ben is a really good pick right there, right? Like he's gonna make sense because of that defense. You're up again, right, Wes? Uh, we're going to snake this, so Amari gets to go again. All right, and another going-to-work member, Chauncey Billups. Uh, so that gets me set up point guard and center. Um, somebody, okay. Uh, we're getting some good suggestions in the uh, comments here. So Ooh. somebody mentioned somebody I'm, I'm going to pick later. But those are my first two picks, Chauncey Billups, Ben Wallace. So here's what's interesting. I thought, thinking about this, I'm like, is this going to end up just being the going-to-work versus the bad boys team, or is there going to be some variance? And yeah. it could, you have a wider pool of players to pick from. I so do. there's probably two or three players you could you could pick that predate the bad boys who probably had Hall of Fame worthy careers. So no, and I, I'm gonna take I think I'm gonna end up taking more heat than you, Amari, from some of my selections. Cause and I was very strategic and I'll explain it, but I think some people are gonna be mad about some of my selections. So Wes, we're three picks in. What are you thinking so far? I was curious what Amari was going to do with those two in a row. Cause like you can kind of set the trend on how that game's going to be. And it sounds like you're kind of leaning into maybe even what the bad boys would have been good at too. Just a little more physical of a three on three game. So I don't know. I'm interested to see how you're going to fill it out. Cause there are some more flashy players that came down the line that might be good with the extra space. But if we're, if we're just going to keep it tight and try to bully ball, it, it could be fun. I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Oh, man. I I'm definitely going to get cooked. I'm reading the comments right now, and people are going <laughs> to crush me. Oh, man. I, I, I'm not excited about this. This may have been a bad idea. So to match that, I'm actually going to go Bill Lambeer, 6'11", 245. And I, again, like I just envisioned a three-on-three -three game being played outside, and I just want the baddest dudes I can possibly find to go in there and just be just – rough it up a little bit. I think he can match when Ben Wallace is on the floor. I'll also have my smaller ball, three-man lineup. Second all-time in offensive rebounds for the Pistons. Tenth all-time in steals. Fifth all-time in blocks. Just two behind Bob Lanier. So for all of you that are going to be mad about Bob Lanier, only two blocks behind Lanier. Fifth all-time in points. Fifth all-time in value above replacement. Four-time All-Star. Was a rebounding champion in 1986. He was a really good player. And here's what I'll say about Lambeer. Career 84% free throw shooter and two assists per game. So I think he's a little more skilled than what he may always get credit for. Oh man, I know. I know people are going to be so mad at me. So just in... I'll get to, I'm not saying Limbeer is my second best player. That's just where I'm going to kind of match what Amari has done so far. Well, you got another pick in a row. Yep. Right? So... I don't know, are you going to change up the trend or are you going to keep up with the, the bully ball, try to beat him up? No, I'm going to keep beating him up. I'm going to go with Dennis Rodman, 6'7", 228. Again, another guy that we don't have to really just, you know, I don't have to give all the stats and everything. He did have a season, guys, Dennis Rodman, Omari, where he averaged six and a half offensive rebounds per game for the whole season. Are you kidding me? Defensive player of the year a couple times, rebounding champion, all of that stuff. Again, I just think a guy that's going to bully ball. And then that's my answer for being able to guard a bunch of different positions. So I, I had a hard time on the wing. No Grant Hill was hard. So I'm interested to see what Amari does on the wing to kind of cause me some problems. But Rodman can either be the small ball big for me or play with Lambeer and guard like a wing forward type player. 
Yeah, so I'm not going wing yet. I'm actually going to go with another big who I guess played like a wing, so maybe he can count as both. But Blake Griffin, I mean, he had that insane season, 2018-19. Uh, um, think he probably got some light MVP attention that year. Uh, just uh, do it all for it. I mean, great, great passer. He shot the three really well that season. Great ball handler. I still had some of that athletic pop. Uh, just that's a, a, a no-brainer. I mean, if we're talking post, uh, going to work era, he's by far, I think, the best player who's put on the Pistons jersey. So uh, that's a pretty easy one for me. And for my second pick, uh, this is where it starts to get interesting, but I'm actually going to go K Cunningham. Ooh. I'm going to go K. You know, just, you know, some of that is like projecting what he can do, right? But I think with Ben Wallace, Chauncey, and Blake next to him, uh, you can just allow K to just do all the auxiliary stuff, right? Like if he takes over, he takes over, but you get the passing, obviously you get the the, the scoring, some of the floor spacing. And uh, I like him defensively too, uh, just his intelligence on that end of the floor. So uh, I'm going Blake and K back to back. Amari playing to the crowd all of a sudden, man. <laughs> he, got, he got Ben and Chauncey, and then he's going, he got all the Blake fans, those guys, that the Blake truthers that defend him, and then Kate Cunningham for the new age. He's definitely winning this if we put it on Twitter. We, we're going to have to put this on Twitter, right? Wes, we're going to put this on Twitter? Oh, for sure. Have to. We have to. Yeah. If 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 you quizzed ten Pistons fans, let's okay, let's say hundred Pistons fans, <laughs> right? Uh, or like with the same uh group that I'm picking from, uh going to work and beyond, I think probably seventy of them would have that same top four. Like there's probably only two every guys who would be in like the mix for that. But I think those are those are the crowd pleasing picks, but also I don't know who else I would go for those top four. No, I love it. I think it's really smart. And I think, you know, Blake would be insane in a three on three game. So Wes, I'm up with my final two, right? I, I I pick fourth and fifth guys on my roster. Yes, sir. I'm gonna go Joe Dumars and just keep that backcourt together. Six three, one ninety-five, first all time in Pistons history, three pointers made, third all time in free throw attempts, which means he can attack the paint, third all time in steals. He was a five-time All-NBA defensive player. Again, tw- a season with t- almost 24 points, four assists, free throws almost over five a game, a career 38% three-point shooter. So I'm going to keep that backcourt together. I can go small. Here's where I'm going to take the biggest heat. I'm going to go with my fifth selection. I am going to get a little bit of wingy. I'm going to get a guy that can straight get buckets in case I need that. I'm going to go with Adrian Dantley, 6'5", 208, six-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA, two-time scoring champion. Omari, this man had four straight years over 30 points per game, six out of seven years over 28 points per game, 54% from two, had a season where he averaged 12 free throw attempts per game, and he can offensive rebound a little bit. So I'm going to go Adrian Dantley, and I know all the Bob Lanier and... Um, Dave Bing, even George Largely fans out there are going to crush me. I spent a lot of time going through this, but that's what I'm going to do. You're going to get heat from the fans who like watched the 70s and, and, and 80s era of yeah. basketball. Those are all those are all perfectly fine picks. Like I'm not saying they're not. Like this is a very talented team, but there are some Dave Bing Trubers out here. Oh, yeah. There are some Bob Lanier Trubers out here. So you're going to hear from them. You're going to hear from them. Real quick, I just didn't think I could justify Isaiah Dumars and Dave Bing in a three-on-three game. Like that's that's where I struggled, and then I went back and forth between Lanier and Lambeer. I realized, you know, but I, I just decided that Lambeer. I, I wanted kind of like this tough, like him and Rodman, just like hard nosed thing. So um, that one's probably a little bit easier to justify or 
not as easy to justify, I guess. But I, I like the Dantley pick um, just in a three-on-three game. So, Omari, how are you going to round out your roster? Yeah, there's like two players I'm trying to decide between. One is, I think, pretty straightforward. Another one would be pretty controversial because I don't think he was received very well. My Pistons fans, even though he was still a pretty good player at the time. But just looking at your roster, I think I still need some size. Uh, like I have Blake Griffin. I have Ben Wallace. Uh, you know, but Dantley is what, like 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, uh, you have Lanier. And then you have... Rodman. Rodman. So, I don't know. Like, I, you know, I think I'm just... This is tough. This is a tough pick. I'm just... I'm looking at the comments. Who are, who are you? Comments. Who are you deciding between? Yeah, let the people know who you're picking from. Yeah, like what? What? Are, what what's what's left on the roster? Yeah, I am picking between Richard Hamilton, and because I feel like I, I'm lacking rebounding, Andre Drummond. <laughs> Please take Andre Drummond. Please take Andre Drummond. Yeah. You. This would be the ultimate play to the Twitterverse if you take Andre Drummond, because when we put this on Twitter, your team is winning by a landslide between Blake, Cade, and Andre. Are there Andre Drummond haters though? Is, does that exist, Wes? Yeah. Yeah, they're they're Andre Drummond. I I think he's I think he's beloved overall. The third player I was thinking about picking, the one who would have been more controversial than those two, is Allen Iverson. But then I just I thought about it and I was like, no, I'm not going AI. I just like I just need need, need size. And that first business year was probably the first year he began to decline a bit uh, efficiency wise he just wasn't quite there for the record we did not specify this is who they were playing with the Pistons that's at least not how I did it because I gave out all the Adrian Dantley numbers and those obviously weren't with Detroit so taking Allen Iverson is fair and we would assume peak Allen Iverson who I get to talk about a little bit later because I do know that's part of this episode yeah I'm just thinking like purely rebounding you know but I think I think I'm gonna go I, I think I'm actually gonna go Rasheed Wallace just to get some floor spacing in there uh he's not quite the rebounder that Andre Drummond was but he still gives me some size up front and then defensively he's also of course really great but I'm just looking at Lanier and Rodman, and I'm just I'm worried about the rebounding aspects of it. So I was thinking, do I just go purely for for like need here, or do I just go overall impact? But I'm going to go Rasheed Wallace to round out that uh, list and get some more size in there. Yeah, Wes was right about this. Wes and I talked about this earlier today a little bit. I was like, I don't know, like, do we do we need to snake back and forth? And he's like, no, it's going to happen where you guys are going to change your picks based off who you know, the other person picked and it came to fruition there. So here before we close it out, Wes, actually, let's let's go through our rosters real quick. And then Wes, I want you to give your thoughts on it. So Amari, go through your five-man roster. Again, it's a game of three on three, but you got a couple subs. You go through your five. I'll go through my five. Wes, you can give your thoughts. If you're in the chat right now, give us your guys' thoughts on whose team would win. And then we'll post this on Twitter after it comes out on the podcast version. So I have Ben Wallace, Chauncey, Chauncey Billups, uh, that's about one in five. And then Blake Griffin, Cade Cunningham, and Rasheed Wallace. And then I went Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars, keeping that backcourt together. Adrian Dantley as a straight bucket getter if I needed it. Dennis Rodman as a little bit more of a versatile defender, rebounder, and then Beal Lambeer. So I feel like I have some versatility. I can go small with the two-guard backcourt. I could put Dantley in there with Zeke or Joe Dumars. I could go big with Rodman and Lambeer. So again, let us... Yeah, I thought about picking coaches as Doug, Doug McMiniman says, Chuck Daly versus Larry Brown. Um, but I didn't think we needed to get 
get into all of that. I'm coaching versus Amari coaching. That's that's who the coaches are. So Wes, give us give us your thoughts on this. And again, if you're in the chat, let us know whose team you think wins. Well, it's really hard to pick who I think might win without knowing who you guys are going to start. Yeah. For the the main grouping of three, right? So I think you guys got to give us who starts and who's coming off your, your you know your bench here for the rotation, and then we can you know then maybe I could make a pick. This is what's hard is I don't know if I can choose my starting lineup unless I know who Amari starts because here's what I'd say I would probably go Thomas Dumars and Rodman. But I might have to change that if Omari goes with like Griffin and Ben Wallace. So it, it kind of depends on what Omari does. But I think in my head, I would go Thomas, Dumars, and Rodman. So what were you thinking, Omari? Just my first three picks, which is Ben Wallace, Chauncey Billups, and then Blake Griffin. Uh, you have two good shooters. You have two good ball handlers. And then, of course, Ben Wallace, uh, you know, carries you as far as defense and rebounding, lob threat. And then I just think she, you know, can replace either Ben or Blake, uh, you know, just, just with his skill set. And then Cade, you know, being somebody who can play one through three. Um, I think she and, and, and Cade probably come off of the bench there. So I would probably have to match by going big with Rodman and Lambeer and then Thomas in that scenario. Rodman, Lambeer, Thomas, okay. Based on like the lineups you two just put out, I would think just the size of Amari would win yeah. it. But... I mean, Isaiah Thomas is a—he was a bucket. So if yeah. if you switch things out to match size, you might have it. I act—I'm—I'm I'm actually a little nervous. Omari's starting lineup is better. So Rodney Nesbitt, long time not allowed. Yeah, Off long time limits. listener and supporter. And just to clarify for anybody who missed the very beginning, we were not allowed to draft Grant Hill because. Obviously, he swings it to either team because he's just so much better at the three than essentially anybody else. And so you'd be able to put him in there. He can hit, like, you could just do so many things with him. And Wes was really good about that, just deciding, like, hey, we're not going to put Grant Hill in this because it just swings the momentum and the pendulum one way so much. So, Wes, give us your thoughts here, real quick, and then I'll take us to the break and we'll get into some other stuff. That was a lot of fun. I'm still I'm still going back and forth. I'm thinking you might have it, Price, but I think it's close, especially with Blake Griffin. Because Blake Griffin's I never watched Grant Hill, but I feel like what Blake Griffin did that one season was yeah. probably about eighty-five percent of what Grant Hill did. Yeah. So it's like he's kind of a cheat code here too, especially with the extra space. So I, it could go either way, but I think I'm leaning to you. I think I will win. <laughs> you know, I know I'm biased. Like I think I will win. Uh Ben Wallace, I mean, defensively, I think he could just wreak havoc. Uh Chauncey obviously has pitched it for just knocking down clutch threes. Uh, defensively, he's he's really great. And then we just talked about Blake Griffin. I mean, he just does everything. I like my team a lot. I like my team a lot. I think I'll win. No, Blake is a really good pick by you, Amari. I wasn't really thinking about that, but he does for this setting and what we've done with three on three. I think that was a, a nice like West said it's it's a percentage of what grant hill was but it still you know causes some problems for me where i have to go big now and as Derek pullman's pulliam says i have to use rodman on blake now and then also have lambeer if you have wallace on the floor which makes my offense not quite as effective so hopefully thomas can carry the load there so that was a lot of fun again if you're listening later on drop it in the comments on youtube if you're listening on podcast version leave it in a rating and a review give us a five star and then let us know who you think would win and then obviously if you're on twitter we'll have a poll and you can tweet at us and all of that we're going to go to a short break here and then when we come back i think wes has a few different top three 
three lists. Uh, it could be Pistons jerseys, food, cities. We're going to be all over the place having some fun here at the beginning of August in the middle of the offseason. All right, back with segment two. Wes, what do you have for us? So we've got a bunch of top three lists here, and that's actually going to be pretty much the rest of this podcast outside of one, which is kind of an asterisk because we already knew one of Bryce's answers, so he's only doing a top two. Uh, but so this one's top three local restaurants. So obviously, Bryce, for you, that's whatever on earth qualifies as local for Kansas. Uh, and then Omari, you're like talking about radius. It's more than 100. Right, it's I, I, it's the whole state. I'm going across. <laughs> the, yeah, I was just saying, I'm using the whole state for this one, guys, or else I wouldn't have had anything that anybody knew what I was talking about. So you want me to start or do we want to start with some Detroit flavor and let Omari go first, Wes? Yeah, I want Omari to go first, but I want you guys to like basically give the pitch of why that restaurant's great. And this wasn't on the outline, but I was thinking about it. And I want want one meal. Like, all right, someone's going to go. You've convinced them to go based on your great pitch on here on the Pistons Pulse. What do they order? What are they going to get? So have at it. You guys just alternate back and forth. Omari, go ahead. Cool. There's, I mean, Detroit has a lot of good restaurants, so there's, you know, I have to narrow it down to three. So I'm just going to go probably the three restaurants I eat at the most. So not like necessarily like sit down, like fine dining or whatever, but more so like a quick meal. You can get it for takeout or just hang with a buddy or whatever. Uh, first place is Super Crisp. Uh, there is a chain of restaurants. It's really only like three of them called Ema. And they had a chicken sandwich. This is basically like Asian fusion. They do, uh, you know, ramen, uh, different noodle dishes, different rice dishes. And they had a chicken sandwich on the menu that was like surprisingly good. So basically they just took that chicken sandwich and they were like, let's just make a chicken sandwich restaurant. Uh, So they have uh, fried chicken sandwiches and it's like an approved version of the original chicken sandwich they had at Ema. And then they have uh, fish sandwiches, they have burgers. And then they have, I'm not even like a huge French fry fan. Like I like them, but I'm not like a, like, there are people who just eat fries for a meal. Like, I'm really picky when it comes to French fries. But I think Ema has, I'm, I'm sorry, I think Super Crisp has, like, the best French fries out there. And they have all these different sauces that are just, like, really good. Um, it's in my neighborhood, so I eat there a pretty good amount. Super Crisp is great. Like, I think their chicken sandwich is the best chicken sandwich I've had anywhere. I've been to other cities. I've had their, quote-unquote, best chicken sandwiches. They're not as good as Super Crisp. Um, so I'm just spreading the Super Crisp gospel. Uh, it's really, really good. And I might go there after the pod because I'm talking myself into it now. I can add too, when uh, my dad and I were in Detroit, Omari suggested Super Crisp before the game. We went, co-signed everything. There we go. Fantastic chicken sandwich. Delicious. There we go. Okay, it's, so, it's so real quick, I've been to Detroit three times. Omari and I have eaten out together multiple times, and not once have I heard of this. So I don't know what's going on. He's talking. He's taking me to a lot of really good places, but yet have I been told to go there. So, but I will say, Omari, maybe we can get a sponsorship with you outlining these restaurants that that are so good. So that that did sound good. So whenever I come up here in a couple months, uh, we'll definitely have to hit that up and, and get a chicken sandwich. We'll go for sure. I mean, Wes went, you know, so I don't know. I don't know what was on the itinerary that day where you weren't able to go. I've talked about Super Crisp on here before. Like, I think we had Sean on like last year and I was telling him about it. So that's that's my spot. It's so good. All right. So mine, I'm going to give KC barbecue. Like, and here, here's the caveat with this one. I don't like barbecue. So I can't even speak personally to how good. You don't like barbecue. Let me go back. 
I'm old enough now where barbecue doesn't always sit super well with me. So I just, okay. I have to be, I have to ease on it. When you get old, Amari, you start to like have to just give some things up and priorities and all of those things. But so I, I just kind of stare away from it unless it's just the only option. But KC barbecue is definitely something that Kansas is known for. And so that was the like the one thing at the top of my list was KC barbecue. Like that's not even nearly what like what you just went through that I don't I can't even tell you the best spot but I mean if what Kansas is known for I think that would be the number one thing I'm a barbecue guy I've always heard Kansas has really good barbecue um I have a buddy who's from Kansas City and uh, we were down in Memphis together and he was like Memphis barbecue is good but Kansas City is just like next level I mean of course he was a little biased but I was signed off of that just off of the strength of already being informed about Kansas barbecue so all right, what do you got next? Yeah, so the second restaurant I'm going to go is a restaurant. This is a restaurant I took you to, uh, you and, and and Randy to, uh, Baobab Fair. It's like yes. East African food. Like, just, they have these different stews. Like, it's just, it's so good. Like, everything there is good. Uh, it's more of a sit-down spot. Uh, definitely more expensive than Super Chris. You're probably paying, like, $20 per plate. But everything on the menu is good. Everything I've had there is good. They have homemade passion fruit. Uh, juice that's really good. Uh, they have tea, coffee, all really good. Like pretty much everything on, on the menu, whether you're getting fish, beef, chicken, whatever. They have like a mustard chicken rice dish that's like amazing. Everything on that menu is good. They've gotten some national attention. Uh, they they're, they opened like maybe two or three years ago, so they really haven't been around that long, but they're already pretty renowned across Detroit and across America. So if you ever come to Detroit, what a nice sit-down spot. That's the spot to go to. Yeah, it was really good, man. Um, I, that is one spot that you've taken us to. Randy and I both really enjoyed it. And so that I can definitely second that one because it is one that I've had. So I kind of went just more with types of food than restaurants after the KC barbecue. So I, I actually Googled this. Is chili and cinnamon rolls not a, is that a thing in Michigan? Chili and what? With cinnamon rolls. No. Okay. No, so, no. so this is okay. Okay. So this is a thing. Is like I, this is how I grew up eating school lunch. Is when they served chili for lunch on a day, it always came with a cinnamon roll. So that is a nice little combination. With or um. No, no, no. Not like not like it. Just it was the side dish that accompanied the chili. So you know, there's some foods that just have an automatic side dish that comes with it. You know, like you have bread with this or whatever it is. And so it's just like, you have chili. Whenever you make chili, you do some cinnamon rolls to go along with it. Omari, you look like you are not a fan of this. You know, I try to see the upside in these things. This is a hard one for me to kind of wrap my head around. I'm not, I'm trying to imagine cinnamon rolls and chili together. And I can't, it's just, they just seem like they clash to me. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll try it one day. Cinnamon is a seasoning in chili. Some chilies. So, yeah, it is. Maybe not it initially is. we make in Kansas. It just, like I say, it is literally, I mean, still to this day, as you guys know, I'm a teacher. On chili day, it comes with a cinnamon roll. I don't want to hear about the lays on sandwiches anymore, okay? <laughs> it, it's not together. <laughs> it's just, I, I don't know. I, I don't have the palate that you do to be like salty, sweet, whatever it is. It just... It, maybe it's just because I grew up with it, but it works. And I'm not a big chili guy, but I do feel like it works. So that I'm, I believe you. I believe I'm you. glad I that one you. came up then because I didn't realize that was such a like I knew my Dorothy Lynch on lasagna was something that people don't do. 
but I didn't know that chili with a cinnamon roll was something that people didn't know about. Yeah, you learn something new every day. There you go. You know, this is this is what makes the pod work. You know, <laughs> I, I, like I say stuff, and you don't know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you say stuff, and I don't know what you're talking about, and then we have to educate each other. All right, what's your third one, Amari? Yeah, my third one, uh, just takeout spot, but I love Thai food. Uh, buy my Thai. Uh, it's like a 10-minute drive from my apartment, and like I think they have some of the best pad Thai I've had anywhere. Uh, pretty much everything on the menu there is like really good. You're paying like $12, $13 for like a box of food, and it's like two or three meals worth, uh, which, you know, especially post <laughs> inflation, I think that's like a really great deal. But it's also just generally great, uh, like pad thai. Like, I could eat pad thai probably every day. And that's like, I've probably been to like six, seven different Thai spots in like the Metro Detroit area. And that's like the best one by far. Uh, buy my Thai. All right. My last one is just. Out here in Kansas, we got a lot of cattle, just homegrown steaks, man. Like that, that just, right. this is a spot. If you want a steak and we got all sorts of just small town restaurants where you can go to on a Saturday night and get a really nice cooked ribeye. And so that's just what, that's what I enjoy. That's what I grew up on. You know, a nice steak, mashed potatoes, however you want it. And so that's one I had to put in there because of that. So those are our three each way. I know we got some other topics here, Wes. So what's the next one we got in line? Yeah, next one. So this is going to be top three movies between 2005 and 2015. I, I won't wrote my note on yeah. yes, tell what them. I said on the no, outline. tell them what you said. Tell them what you said. It, but basically, all right, fine. It, the quote is, why did I pick these dates? I truly have no reason, but hey, what the heck. Uh, so we're going to alternate picks. And again, this is the decade 05 to 15. Bryce, you're first. Back and forth. No genre, any movie. Best ones. Yeah, so I'm going to go with The Dark Knight. We've I believe we've had this conversation actually yeah. on this podcast. And so we don't have to get into it. I just think The Dark Knight was awesome. I remember watching it in college on the road trip. And I remember we had an assistant coach who wasn't like the most like personable. We got done with the movie and we're like, coach, what'd you think? And like, I just remember his reaction and I can't say it, but it was just, he was like, this is the greatest movie he's watched. And he never showed that kind of emotion about anything. And so I just, I, I thought it was a really good movie. If it was on, I would turn it on. So I really liked The Dark Knight. So that would be my number one. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. There's a lot of oh five to fifteen. It's kind of random. There's like a lot of movies I could throw out there. I'm just I'm just gonna pick three. I don't know if I have a top three uh, from that range. I'm just gonna throw out three of my favorites. I'm gonna lead off with uh, you know one of my favorite directors, Quentin Tarantino. Uh, and there's a few movies he has in that range, even like that could like qualify. So I'm just gonna go with Django Unchained. Uh, just you know like a western style movie, except obviously you have Jamie Foxx who's playing a uh, enslaved man and he's trying to rescue his wife and you get a really good performance from Leonardo DiCaprio as a slave owner and you know uh, Django kills everybody at the end which is awesome uh, just good fun kind of brutal movie uh, you know like classic Tarantino but I could watch that movie pretty much any day like it's a really enjoyable movie ne never seen it so the, my second one is Moneyball and I realize this is probably pretty high for I just I love like Literally, Moneyball is a movie I could watch anytime. And so I just, I find it really interesting just as a sports fan. I know it's not a basketball movie, but it's a baseball movie. The story is really good. I think it's just a, a good movie overall. So I had Moneyball number two. Nice. Number two, I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go Toy Story 3. I was, you know, I, like that came out when I was in high school and I was like, 
I'm not usually one that gets like emotional when I like watch stuff, but like I, I, you don't have a soul if the end of Toy Story two does not touch your soul. Like that is like you just don't have one. Either your soul's getting touched, or you don't have a soul at all. Like that's just I'm a huge Toy Story guy. Like I watched the first two when I was a kid, like endlessly. Uh, I didn't want Toy Story three to be made because I thought they would ruin it, but it ended up being uh, the perfect third entry. So that's definitely in my top three. I don't think I've ever seen that one either. So my final wow. one okay. is The Hangover. So I, okay. again, I will still watch this at any time and laugh and joke and just think it's hilarious. I don't know that they got, with most comedies, they didn't get any better as they went, but I thought the first one was pretty good. And so that rounds out my top three, The Dark Knight, Moneyball, The Hangover. I did have The Prestige as an honorable mention. I think that's a really good movie as well. So it doesn't seem like we're going to have any overlapping movies, which doesn't surprise me. No, I don't think we're going to have any overlapping movies. We did The Dark Knight, which is a great pick. I think I'm going to go for superhero movie for my next one. I'm going to go Winter Soldier. Uh, that's a top five, if not top three, MCU movie overall for me. And by far the best Captain America movie. Like, it's not even close. Like, like Civil War was cool, but it was more of a Captain America and Iron Man movie than just Captain America. So Winter Soldier, again, another movie I could throw on any day and have a great time watching it. So literally three movies you named I haven't seen. I don't think... You haven't seen Winter Soldier? I think I... Is that the second one? I think I've seen the first one. Is that Captain... That's the second one. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, that's I, Captain America. I think we watched the first one, but I never I never watched the second one. I do have to give a shout out. Five different Harry Potter movies came out during this time frame. And if I haven't said it on the podcast, I think I've only tweeted about it, but I am a... Harry Potter junkie. I have memorabilia. I have all the movies. I have all the books. I've watched them all, read them all. Five of them came out in this time frame. So, I, I mean, I could have just named those off as my top three, but I had to give a shout out to Harry Potter with the the movies coming out in this time frame. So, important question: Have you seen any of the Toy Story movies? The first one, I, and I've seen the first one. I, I think I've seen parts of the other ones, but. I've only can guarantee I've watched start to finish of the first one. What happened with Toy Story 2? You were just like, nah, like I'm good. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I, I was busy during this time. I was playing college basketball. I don't know that I watched a lot of movies in general. Um, it just... Toy Story 2 came out in 1999. Oh, well, then I guess I just was like, what? <laughs> well, I guess, I was like I'm, I'm like counting your age in my head. Like I'm pretty sure you were playing college basketball in 99. I thought it came out later. That shows you how much I know about these... I, <laughs> so when did Toy Story come? Obviously before that. So I don't yeah, know. Toy I Story just, came out in 95, I think. It came out, yeah. Like I, I was born in, in 94, so it came out even 94 and 95. Doug McMiniman, Glory Road, you guys like that one? Yes. So Doug, I put together a list of sports movies overall, um, basketball and otherwise. And yeah, I mean, Glory Road would be one of my top basketball movies. I think I've asked you this, Amari. Have you watched this yet? I don't think you had watched it the last time we talked about it. Nah, I haven't seen Glory Road. Okay, you need to watch it. It, it is a really good one. Um, but yeah, that's definitely one. If we did basketball specific overall, that would be one of my top movies. All right, Wes, what do we got next? Let's get one more before the break. Yes, sir. So next top three list, this is top three foods you won't touch. And again, uh, some, I was having too much fun on this outline, but, um, had to make the note, Bryce, it's foods that you won't touch. Not that foods can't touch. Real quick. Anybody who doesn't know what Wes is talking about, I am one of those people that my food cannot touch each other or I won't eat it. So I have to keep it separated. And if it does touch, then it ruins the whole meal. So Amari, go ahead. I also add that when I took him to Bell Bath Fair, uh, they put everything in the same yes. bowl. <laughs> I was like, this is like a coin flip. Like he may not like it because the chicken is on top of the rice. 
and the beans are also in the bowl, but he liked it. So that speaks to how good it is. Yeah, one food I will not touch. It is, so I like eggs in general, but I can't do runny eggs. Like when people do like over easy and like the egg yolk is like dripping and all that. Like, I think that's disgusting. I just like the sliminess and it's just, it doesn't taste good. Like I like cooked eggs. I cannot do, like sometimes you'll see on TikTok or online or whatever, you'll see like somebody make a burger and it's like a really good looking burger. Then they put like the runny egg on top, but it just completely ruins the it's whole like thing. It's like a sauce. I cannot do a runny egg. It's, it's, it's not a good sauce. It's just like, if I want sauce, like I'll make like an actual sauce. I can't do just the sliminess of the egg yolk. It's, it just it just ruins it for me. Okay. So that's one. We got it. Doug says, do you like your sauce on the spaghetti or on the side? Is that even a thing where people just put the sauce on the side? Spaghetti is literally the pasta with the sauce, right? I'm I'm confused by this one, Doug. I think that's stranger than well, the- Spaghetti's the noodle. I know, but like- all right, you're right. That's the bag literally says spaghetti. Okay, fair enough. Whatever. Uh, food is not my thing. My first one is sauerkraut. It literally, I can't eat it. I would throw up if somebody tried to make me eat sauerkraut. So I am out on that. You know, I'm not a huge sauerkraut guy, but like for a Reuben, it's amazing. And I like Reuben, so I'll do sauerkraut. And here's the thing when I was a kid, my mom was old school. We sit at the table. We got our plate, we had a glass of milk, and we legit weren't allowed to leave the table until it was gone, right? You had to drink your whole glass of milk, you had to eat every... And she would always make like something, like hot dogs with sauerkraut or something. And so I like, I was, mom, can I just eat this and not the sauerkraut? And I would have to do the old school, you know, whatever to get it down because just to get up from the table. So I'm next... Uh... I don't like almonds. Uh, I'm not like, so like nuts in general, I'm like iffy on, like I like peanut butter. I could eat peanuts on like a food, but I'm not like a person who's just going to sit down and eat like peanuts. But I like peanuts in general and other nuts, but like something about almonds, like you eat them and they're just like really brittle. Um, when I was in Pittsburgh, there was this uh, bakery, I forget what it's called, but they were known for like their almond tort. And somebody brought one to the office one day and everybody's just like, oh, this is so good, this and that. Like I took one bite and I was just like, I can't do this. I cannot do almonds at all. I'm not, a, no, I can't do it. Uh, interesting. I like almonds. My next one is yeah. cottage cheese, man. I I, okay. I don't know about cottage cheese. It doesn't look right. I don't even know that I've ever even tried it. I think it's just the way it looks freaks me out. I know some people love it. I think they eat it with fruit, right? Or something, but cottage cheese, I am way out on just not something I'm interested in. What about in lasagna? Like when you put your Dorothy Lynch or your lasagna, is it like cottage cheese in the middle of the Maybe that's why I have to put the Dorothy Lynch on there <laughs> is to hide the taste of the potential cottage cheese that's in there. So um, yeah, I, not a fan. Cool. What's my last food I don't like? like I'm, not, I'm not super picky, so... Like, I can't do yams. Like, when I was a kid, so my mom made, like, yams, like, you know, like, baked sweet potatoes a lot uh, growing up. And everybody in my family likes them. Uh, one day, like, I don't know, like, I was a kid, and, you know, I just ate it, and I was like, I don't like it. And ever since, I just, my brain's like, I don't like them. I just can't do them. Interesting. So my last one is, a, got a little story. So porcupine meatballs is what my wife calls them. So it's essentially like a meatball with rice in it. Not a huge fan. It was the first meal that Rainy ever cooked for me whenever we moved in together. And the story is, it was the same first meal that my mom cooked my dad when they moved in together. I didn't, Rainy didn't know. This is not like she did it on purpose. But my dad, calling my dad out here, my dad, instead of eating the porcupine meatballs, went and made himself a sandwich. The very first meal my mom ever cooked for him. And my mom told me that story and I smartly learned from it. So when Rainy made it for me the first time we had moved in together, I 
ate them and acted like I liked them and waited four or five years to tell her that I did not like porcupine meatballs because I'm pretty sure my mom holds it against my dad to this day. <sighs> Sorry, I got a little heavy. I got a little heavy there with 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 that one. No, I was gonna say like they, you know, what's like your favorite like home like food? Like what is people like like what's like your favorite? Uh, probably like chicken fried steak. Chicken fried steak is okay. is something that I really enjoy. My mom did a really good job making that, and so that's something. That's another one. Like local restaurants do a really good job. Like I don't want to go to a big national chain to eat chicken fried steak. If I'm one chicken fried, I'm not going to go to one of those and order it. I, I'm used to what we get kind of here close to to home. Feel that, and I just highlighted Will Jay's comment. Hey, yams, beloved sweet potato pie is a difference because I'm the same way. Sweet potato pie is delicious. Yams, I can't do, but you add the extra sugar and topping on it. Like sweet potato pie is great. So we're united in that one for sure. All right, we got to go to another short break right here. When we come back, Wes has a few more of these and we'll finish off the episode with those. All right, back with segment three. And I believe that uh, Wes has a few more topics here for us. Sure. So again, we're going to go through these. I mean, it'll probably end up being fairly quick. One of these will be Pistons related. So just have that jotted down. I tried to like sandwich it in the middle here. So first one, I think Omar, you went first last time. So we'll go Bryce. Top three cities you've traveled to. And this time, just like with the restaurants, I want the pitch. Why was it great? Why should other people go? I'm not a good salesman on any of this stuff. I think one of the coolest places I visited is Venice, Italy. So I'm not really a traveler or anything like that. But a former teammate of mine, actually the guy who started Motor City Hoops, the OG Vlad Moldovanu, was playing overseas. So it was the first time for me out of the country, flew to Venice. Obviously, it's got the little, they're not boats. I'm going to get crushed for calling them boats. I know they have a name. What are they called? That like take you through the city or whatever gondolas or something like that. Is that what they're called? Something like that. Um, uh, I just looked it up a, a narrow. Oh no, that's in the UK. They're called narrow boats. Yeah. But. So anyway, they have those just a lot of, it was my first time. At, I'll tell you this. It was a little uneasy for me being out of the country where I couldn't speak the language and like Vlad had to order food for me and stuff. So I probably didn't enjoy it as much as I should have, but it was just a beautiful, beautiful city. Um, and I'm really glad that I was able to go there and say that I've been there. I could also speak to the beauty of Venice. Uh, so I'm not going to name that one. I'll name a different one. But I, uh, when I was in, in high school, so before I got into the whole journalism side, I was a music guy. So like I played in band, uh, like six, seven years of my life. And we actually got to go to Europe. Like we raised money for to go to Europe, trip, all that. We went to like four different countries in 10 days. And uh, one of the cities we went to was in Switzerland called Appenzell. And it was just like this small village up in the mountains. And if you just look up images of Appenzell, Switzerland, you'll just, it's just, it was just beautiful. Blue sky, like just endless range of mountains and hills and all this stuff. Like it looked like something out of, out of a storybook. And we also went to Venice too. And Venice is like Venice, of course, like a really beautiful city. But Appenzo was like, out of all the cities in that trip outside of Venice, that's probably the one I would go back to just because of how beautiful it was there. The next one for me is Washington, D.C. So this is where I went to school and for two years. And then I worked as the ops guy for one year. The, the coolest experience for me was my first summer up there. My mom and my oldest sister came to help me get settled in. And we were going to the malls and we watched the 4th of July fireworks show from the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. So you could see the reflection off the pool. And it was just really cool, just a really cool experience. And while I was up there, I ended up visiting all of these 
tourist sites multiple times because people would come to visit me and they wanted to go see it. So ended up getting a little bit too much, but I, I really enjoyed Washington, D.C. I, I really liked it. Um, I kind of stayed on the northwest side where American U was and I, I that's where I lived and where the school was. But I would get down into, you know, downtown and all of that as well. And I thought it was a beautiful place. I really enjoyed like, I don't mean to hate on New York City. But the times I visited New York City, I was so overwhelmed. It was just it was such a different vibe than what Washington DC was, at least for me. And so for a big city like DC, I really enjoyed it. New York City was just like I say, so overwhelming for someone that came from where I come from. Yeah, I'm also a big DC fan. Uh, one of my best friends from college lives down there. So uh, I've probably been to DC twice a year for like the last eight, nine years at least. And uh, great city. I love Washington, DC. I think it's underrated, even though it's the, the, the nation's capital. Yeah. Like, I would go to DC any day. And that's probably one of the few cities that I would be open to leaving Detroit for. I'm, I'm a born and raised Detroiter. I like being home, but. Of the other cities I would live in, D.C. is definitely one of them. Uh, my second city, I'm going to go Seattle. Okay. I went to Seattle just like a solo trip uh, for the first time like two years ago. Like around this time, actually. I had never been to Seattle. Uh, it always seemed like a place I would like. Uh, I've been to Portland, and I thought the Pacific Northwest was cool. And, you know, Seattle's like the biggest city in that region. So uh, took a solo trip to Seattle for like four or five days, hit a bunch of different restaurants, drove around, saw some of the, the sights, scenery, jumped in the mountains a little bit. Beautiful city, great food. Like the people are really chill. Uh, Seattle, Seattle is another city. Like great city, great city. I love Seattle. Like I like seafood. Like I had great salmon there. Great everything. Like there, they there's like a chicken teriyaki city uh, for some reason, and I had like some of the best chicken teriyaki I had there. Um, I like just like scenery, like nature, mountains and whatnot. Like I camped a lot growing up, so just seeing just all the bodies of water and mountains they had out there was like great. Uh, sometimes I get jealous that people just like live in places where they just have that naturally. Uh, like you just see that every day and it's like nothing. Uh, so Seattle, I mean, I was going to actually go take a trip to Vancouver just to get another vibe of that later this summer, but might save that for next year. But I'm looking forward to when uh, or if Seattle gets an expansion team because that's definitely a trip I'll be excited to do every year. Yeah, that's a place I'd like to visit. I always liked it because I, I really like the rain and stuff like that. And obviously it rains a lot. Whenever I, my dream school to play for outside of Kansas was actually Gonzaga. And part of that, obviously they were really good, but also just because being in Washington, not Seattle specifically, obviously. Uh, my final one, and, and I want to say this, I actually really enjoy every trip I've made to Detroit. If people are great. I've, it's been a great experience every time. I think Wes has been here though, but for their honeymoon, me and Randy went to Punta Cana, Dominican Republic. And so we visited, obviously on a resort was where we go. So um, really enjoyed that. I also do, I kind of, I'm okay with going to Vegas as well, Omari. I know you don't want to be there for 10 days, but I was just telling someone yesterday, I don't mind the short four day trip. Um, obviously, if basketball wasn't being played, I wouldn't love it as much. But in general, I don't mind going out there anymore. It's not quite as overwhelming to me. So um, that's kind of my list. I haven't been to a whole lot of real cool places. So yeah, I like Washington, D.C. I mean, I'm sorry. I like Las Vegas for like two days. It's just like I say this a lot, but it's like a giant Chuck E. Cheese for adults. You're just being bombarded with lights. Like everything's expensive. Uh, I mean, you have some great restaurants. I was talking about Lotus to see them the other week, which is one of my favorite restaurants anywhere. So I like Vegas. It's just in like doses. Like I did all 10 days of summer league in like 2021. And I was just like a shell of myself when I left, like dehydrated, like whole body was sore. Like I couldn't do it. So I like Vegas. I wouldn't put it that high. Uh, my third city is Miami. Because uh, when you travel doing this job, some cities you go to and you have like a mental image in your mind. 
And then when you go there, uh, it may not quite match up to it. But Miami, you get down to the beach, and it's just exactly what you expect, exactly how it looks on TV. L.A. was a city that did not match the mental picture I had of it. And I like L.A., but, you know, I went to Hollywood, and I don't know what I expected, but I'm, I'm never going to Hollywood again. Uh, but Miami, like, I love Miami. Great food, like, just beautiful city. That's definitely in my top three. All right, real quick here from Doug, a little bit different. And then Wes, we'll come back to you for another list. He says, what will you and Amari do until training camp? So real quick for me, Doug, I mean, I'm about to start school. So my real job is actually about to start. I've been on break all summer where I've been to solely focus on basketball and draft and all of that. School starts for me. I think I report to work in like 10 days. The kids come a week after that. High school football season starts for me in just over a week. I coach that in the fall. So my schedule is actually about to get busier, not slow down. I know off-season O is about to uh, show up for Amari. This is a slow period, like August, September. I haven't had any real time off since like last summer. So I'm just basically going to take most of my vacation days in one block and I'll be off like last week of August, first two weeks of September. Uh, you know, I'm sure the business will make a big trade during that span while I'm going and like my my phone is off, but uh, I'll be traveling a little bit. Like um, I have a buddy that just bought a house in, in, in Baltimore, so I go kick it with him for a few days. Go up to New York. Uh, I have some friends that got engaged recently, and they moved out there, so I go see them. And then I mentioned earlier that I was going to go to Vancouver, uh, but when I was actually booking the flights, it was like I couldn't get a direct Delta flight, so it was like seven hours to get there and seven hours back plus the time change, and I was just like. Yeah, you know, I think I'm good on that. So I'm going to Montreal instead for a few days, which I actually booked that trip a few weeks before the Pistons um, had to announce that they're going to have a, a preseason game there. So that was coincidental. But I was doing research online, like, what's the city I haven't been to that would be really cool? And Montreal is a two-hour flight from Detroit, which I didn't know. And great food city, bagels, poutine, uh, great, great culture. Like people say, it's like a European city, but in Canada. So, uh, yeah, taking some time off, uh, traveling a little bit. And then when I get back, it'll be probably two weeks out from training camp and we'll be back on the ground. All right, Wes, let's do one more here. I know we had a couple more topics, but we probably better just do one to close it out. All right, sounds good. Do you guys, I'll leave it up to you guys. Do you guys want to do favorite Pistons jerseys or just basketball players? Amari, your choice. What do you, which one do you want to do? Let's do basketball players only because I don't want to torture Bryce to pretend he likes three Pistons jerseys. I'll just say real quick, I enlisted Randy's help for the jerseys and she said, as long as you say Teal, I don't care what else you say. So just so everybody knows, Randy, my wife, is a huge fan of the Teal jerseys and so that's pretty much, I was going to put that one on my list and let people debate it. So let's go favorite players of all time, right, Wes? Yes, sir. All right, so my first one is Allen Iverson. Almost everybody knows this about me, and that's why my favorite number is three. He was the guy, when I fell in love with the game of basketball, I was watching him play with those Sixers team that met the Lakers in the playoffs with the Ty Lue step over. I know they ended up losing the series, but Allen Iverson, I don't play like him at all. I wish I could have, but that's who I fell in love with the game of basketball watching. Nice. I mean, that's that's a good one for sure. Uh, for me, Dwayne Wade, like Dwayne Wade was probably my favorite player growing up. I just loved his play style. He's somebody that to me, like there was always like the Kobe Wade debates. And I would always say, well, you know, if Wade didn't have the injuries, I think his career would have been just as great as Kobe's was. Of course, that's a big if because there's like a long list of guys who if they didn't get hurt, you know, it would have been different. But to me, just clearly the third best shooting guard of all time but, uh, behind Kobe and MJ, of course. And one of the players that really kind of sparked my love for basketball, you know, when I was like nine, 10 years old, other than, I mean, of course, you know, everybody in Detroit, 
you know, like the going to work business back then. But as far as players outside of Detroit, he was probably like one of my first favorite basketball players. I'm just going to say Michael Jordan, man. Like at the end of the day, you know, MJ was the dude as I was growing up. You used to be able to watch the Bulls every single game. I don't know if this was across the entire country, at least for me. And that was crazy. I mean, you don't get that now, right? But I was able to, I mean, you do with League Pass, but it was just on cable television and every Bulls game was on. He was the greatest player. He was the best player at the time. And so, I mean, Michael Jordan, I mean, I just have to say that he was another guy that really influenced my game and I really loved watching. So um, can't, can't have this list without MJ being on it. Another great pick. I'm going to go Carmelo Anthony. Okay. Just always, always loved his game. Like his bag was crazy. I mean, just inside, outside, post up, his step back threes, turn around, just everything. Like in those Knicks teams, like I liked him in, in Denver, but then he got to New York and he was on like a bigger stage with Mark Stoudemire and those guys. And those Knicks teams were some of my favorite teams uh, watching when I was in, I guess I was in, in high school going into college, but Carmelo, for sure, uh, one of my favorite players ever. I just, like, just the depth of his off- offensive game. I just love watching him play. All right, I'm going to throw out a few more players, and I'm going to give some, like, teams from that, but Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Penny Hardaway were some some guys for me, but I wanted to shout, one, I really was a fan of the going-to-work Pistons back in the day, even before any of this stuff happened. You guys know I just became a Pistons fan recently, but the, the Sacramento Kings with White Chocolate, Bobby Jackson, Doug Christie, Peja Weber, Vladi Divac, that was a team that was a lot of fun to watch. And then also the Nash, Stoudemire, Sean Marion, Phoenix Suns team. So those were a couple teams that I grew up watching that I really, really enjoyed that I wanted to give shout outs to as opposed to another player. Number three, I'm going to go Dirk. Okay, yep. And I would say that that increased after they won the title in 2011. But even before that, just he had just like one of the funkiest games I've ever seen. Just the the, the leg kick out, turn around three, just how he got to his shot never really made sense to me. Like, I don't, like, I don't know how he learned to play basketball that way, but it was just effective for a long time. And uh, certainly that, that Dallas run in 2011, where he just went ballistic, uh, you know, over, I mean, especially in the Western Conference finals and then in the finals a little bit too, was just one of the most fun runs I've ever watched. But I also have to give a shout out to, I was trying to pick like players who are not current, but I, I got to give a shout out to Steph Curry too. Cause oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. once he retires and we're just talking about all time players to watch, like he, he might be number one on that list. Like, just what he did in 2014, 15, and 15, 16 was just, I was going to use a reference. I wasn't sure if Bryce was going to get it, but it was like when Goku went Super Saiyan 2 and then he went Super Saiyan 3. It's like, it's just a whole different level that you didn't even know that they could get to. So, yeah, I have no idea what you just said. Oh, come on. You got to know Dragon Ball Z, man. Come on. No, I, I literally don't know what you just said. It was like last, last episode. Why didn't you tell me you were not talking about Birdman that I thought you were talking about? <laughs> Well, because you, yeah, because you start talking about Chris Anderson, and I was just like, all right, well, I mean, I'm like, I'm gonna just roll with it. Like, I raz, I raz Bryce enough on the pod. I'm not gonna raz him for not knowing Birdman. Like, I can, I like, I can, like, I can see why you wouldn't know Birdman. You, but you do know Lil Wayne, right? Yeah. Okay, so you're familiar with the song "Stunting Like My Daddy." Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. So yeah, so he's talking about Birdman. He would say like Birdman is like his dad, like, okay. but like 
not li- literally, but just the type of relationship they had. So no, nah, it was just I, we wouldn't have known this. Anybody listening to the pod or on YouTube that's not on Twitter, somebody called me out on Twitter and said, "Oh, I thought Omari was talking about Birdman the rapper," and then Omari comes in and is like, "Actually, I was." So we went a whole week not knowing that I completely flipped the script without even realizing it. Yeah, I referenced the Birdman hand rubbed, and I assumed that that was a reference that everybody would pick up on. But then you mentioned Chris Anderson. I thought you were just using that as like a segue. <laughs> To talk about when we met Chris, well, not met him, but we were in the same elevator as him in Summer League last year. I thought you were just using that as a segue into that. I didn't know you actually didn't know who Birdman was until that Twitter exchange today. Nope. I just, I heard Birdman and assumed that's who you were talking about. So, Wes, what are your final thoughts here before Amari closes it out? Nothing really to add. I thought it was a good show. This was a good, fun one. I I was agreeing a lot with Amari's more recent picks on on the most fun players to watch. Because that's more my era, right? I grew up yeah. watching a lot of those guys too. I never saw MJ. So I was a little, AI was early for me, even. So like D Wade, Mello. Yeah. Like I was like four years old when he won his sixth championship with Chicago. So like I saw him in Washington a little bit, but you know, that, like that doesn't really count. So all right, guys, we will get back to our regularly scheduled Pistons talk, but we wanted to change it up a little bit this week. Obviously, we did the three on three in the first segment, but wanted to have some fun, let you guys into our lives a little bit, our personalities, what we like and those type of things. And we may do a little bit of this throughout the offseason before we get to training camp. And as we will definitely talk about Kate Cunningham and the USA Select team and all that stuff next week. So we will definitely dive into that. We'll have some more conversation around that and Jalen Duran, but that is it for this week. Thank you guys for listening and supporting. Again, leave ratings, reviews, thumbs up, subscribe to the YouTube. We appreciate you guys so much for listening. And Omari, take it away, my guy. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed our fun episode today. It's off season, y'all. It's off season. We got to pass the time a little bit, and I got to find more opportunities to tease Bryce about his food takes. So we accomplished all of that today. Uh, so big shout out to our audio producer, Robin Chan, our executive producer, Anjadette Delgado, and our sports editor, Kirkland Crawford. Also big shout out to our host today, Wes Davenport, and we'll talk to you all next week. <laughs>